Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And welcome to this Monday night edition of the CHGO Bears After Dark Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Down the app, use promo code CHGO when you sign up. How's it going? Will DeWitt, Greg Reggs Jr., Cody DeMondo will join us in about 15 minutes to share some Monday night football bets. And Nicholas Moriano will join us in about a half hour to share some updates from House Hall and hang out with us for the remainder of the show to talk some bears. How's it going, Greg? Are you warmed up yet? I know it was, <laughs> it was a little cold yesterday at the tailgate, and then, of course, over at the game, too. But then I know you work outside, so you yeah. feeling okay? Yeah, it was a little warmer today. Uh, a little chilly yesterday, so shout out to everybody that uh, bared the elements, you know, uh, for our tailgate, which went really well. You know, everybody that came out, we had a great time, gave away some fun stuff, a FOCO sweater shout out to foco and um you know yeah it was a lot of fun one we got more tailgates to come the eagles coming up in a couple weeks so uh you never know with the windy city and the weather if the if the wind stays away it's much more palatable but regardless we always have a good time on the corner of roosevelt and michigan Benny G said, what's up benny thanks for joining us here greg you talk about giving away that foco uh, item and you did like a bouquet toss why do you seem so skilled at tossing bouquets <laughs> i have no idea i mean i didn't know i was so good at this but you know i it's this i got skills to pay the bills as <laughs> tim hardaway once said so i don't know i you know it, it it seems like the high man is gonna win in this little game we're playing too because you know it's a it's a jump ball so i guess tallest man is gonna win most time but it seemed like for the focus what are because we did it for the first week with the Justin Fields jersey. This time there was a little more of a battle for this one. So I like that. You know, I like that. I'm not sure how that got resolved, but, I, you know, <laughs> it's nice to see people fighting it out, you know, get a little competition going. That's how you'll warm up. You know, that's what I was that's saying. Right. Like, I just at one point just started running around and, and, and you know, checking people into the walls like a hockey player. I, I came at Nick Moriano at one point and, you know, just to get the – the blood flowing, you know, so sure. warm up a little. 
Yeah, that was that was helpful towards the end for all of us, right? Throwing the football a little bit. We had yeah. some uh, multiple going out there, running routes. Adam versus Nick was a fun, you know, one-on-one matchup that I was watching there for a little bit. But it was a really good time. I know, like you said, a little bit chilly, but we still had a really good turnout. A lot of fun was had, and we do have another tailgate coming up. We have two weeks to prepare for this one. It'll be on twelve eighteen, right before the Bears take on the Eagles. And of course, we just talked about how fun yesterday was. Greg, why should people bear the elements yet again later in December to join us for this tailgate before the Bears take on perhaps the best team in the NFC, at least record-wise, the Eagles? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, it obviously is a great matchup. You know, uh, Justin Fields versus Jalen Hurts. And you can come out and, and enjoy the tailgate with us. And it's a short walk to Soldier Field. And if you're going to the game, I mean, to me, that's um, setting up for, you know, a little bit of foreshadowing as we hope for the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields, right? You know, I mean, they kind of, the Philadelphia Eagles kind of laid out the blueprint for what we hope we can do for Justin Fields here. Get him a lot of help, you know, look how much time that Jalen Hurts has to throw the ball this year. And, the you know, they bring in A.J. Brown, a dynamic number one wide receiver. Justin Fields certainly could use one of those. So, uh, to me, that that's going to be a, a great matchup in, and a great team that's going to come to the lakefront. So, come on out, get some tickets with the Game Time app, and, and come on over to our tailgate and have some fun. I mean, 65 is too cold for you, Gaston. I mean, Gaston from Beauty <laughs> and the Beast. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I bet Chicago Bears fans can handle the bear weather. So, <laughs> you, like, you like Nick's comment yeah, up here too? Nick. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it was a friendly check into the boards, you know. But yeah, throwing the football <laughs> around a lot of fun. So, you know, we'll see. You know, a couple weeks we get a bye week. You know, normally I would say the obviously the late season bye we don't no one no fan wants. You want it right in the middle. You want it pro. You don't want it too early. You don't want it too late. This one's way too late. But yes, it kind of for just how this season has unfolded, it kind of worked out when when we've gotten it as Bears fans and, and for the team itself because there's just so many players hurting. Justin Fields, obviously, in particular, to give him a couple weeks off after you know carrying this team all year, you know, to to whatever they're you know, I understand they've only won three games, but at the same time, carrying them to be competitive in these games at the very least. He needs two weeks to rest, so I'm happy for him. Hopefully, he's flying to Maui. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, just get away for a little bit, recoup, recover. When you said carrying the team, I was thinking of like Louis Lassick from Remember the Titans when he walks in the locker room. Yes. Bent over, like, oh, my back. It's yes. because he's, he's carrying the team there. But, Greg, you talked about the bye week and where it's at, and we'll talk about later in the episode maybe some things the Bears can work on improving. Uh, I mentioned on yesterday's post game that Iberflus – I may mention in post game, we're actually on the field with Nick in our little spot, but Iberflus did give uh, the coaching staff gave the players like three things that they can individually work on to be better after the buy. So I thought it'd be a fun exercise for us to kind of do the same thing for us looking at this team. We'll get to that later on, but as we kind of now officially kick off after dark, you know I have to do a vibe check. Where is Greg's head at here? You know, a day removed from this game. I mean, for me, and we we talked a lot about it on the post game. Me and Mark and Adam and Kevin and and Dave from our Bulls CHO Bulls show were all kind of talking about it as the game was unfolding during the Packers game. But like, I am just dead set on 
the Bears getting the number two pick. I understand it's completely out of my control. I'm not rooting against the Bears. I'm not rooting against any success Justin Fields finds on the field. If he can throw a game-winning touchdown pass, I'm going to be happy for him. But at the same time, when they lose, you know, in, in predictable fashion that they lose every week, I mean, Adam Hogue, we're up 19-10. to 10. He's placing bets because the, the, it was like plus 250 that the Bears were going to, you know, you know, for the bears to lose. So, you know, it it was predictable that they were going to blow that game. I understand it's frustrating, but I just continue to look at the silver lining in this and I just will continue to beat the drum. It's going to be a long month of talking about this. And I know some fans don't already want to talk about the draft and, and, and those off season aspirations, but I just feel like it's such a, a franchise changing opportunity for this team and you know to have the number two pick you know you're holding all the cards you're holding four aces in my opinion and yep. you know some people go oh well you can't you you, you don't know who you're gonna get and it's no guarantee that that player is gonna be good that's exactly my point you have an opportunity to trade back and add multiple picks and now you have multiple opportunities for a player to work out and that's it's it's pretty s- simple, you know. To to me, it's 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 self-explanatory. And some fans are against it. I am not, you know, just to be because if you're in the number two spot, number three is likely a team that's going to need a quarterback. If, if the Rams are the team that end up being the number three spot, that's the Lions' pick. They want a quarterback, so that's only going to encourage all these other teams that want a quarterback to move up to number two ahead of them. So right. I, I was just yeah. going to mention John's comment there too. Cause like, why do we believe a number two pick and save the team is going to take multiple drafts? Well, the good thing about having a top two pick is that if you do trade back and if you exactly. look at even recent drafts, like if you trade out of that number two spot, you will get compensation, not, not, not just in this upcoming draft, but the following and perhaps even the one after that, just look what the 49ers gave up for Trey Lance. That's the one I keep coming back to because it's really what excites me about the potential for and the Bears. What was of, like, the return. return on that deal? Off the top of my head, I don't have the exact numbers, but they swapped first rounders that year. I gave up another first round the following season and another first round the one after that. So you got three first round picks for that second overall, plus like a second or a third here or there. Like you had like a handful of picks just for number two. And I think they had to give up like also, like they're fourth. Like, yes, it was. So you're I'm looking at back. it here. Um, Miami walked away with the number 12 pick in 2021, the first round selections in 2022 and 2023, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and a third round pick in 2022. And that's the point. You know, well, we need multiple players in multiple spots. Well, that's multiple picks that you've now changed out for one pick. And when you're a team with so many holes, like you're saying, this speeds up. That that expedites this process. It's a, it's a, it, a Bill, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots have been trading back in drafts for years. You want to be in a position where you can continue to trade back because you're just acquiring more chances to find the right player. You know, everybody keeps saying, "Oh, you can't guarantee who you know who you're going to get, and they can't be good players." Well then I'm not pinning all my hopes on that number two pick. Now, right. as I said you get before, a lot of, you get a lot of swings there with a, with a trade back, back like that. Now, it, it takes two to tango. 
if they don't get a fair trade offer, you're not just going to take anything. So then the worst case scenario sits at drafting a very talented player at two, whether Damn. it's Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. That's worst case scenario. The further you fall back in the draft, they had beaten the Packers. Not only would the Packers have jumped the Bears, then they would have also fallen back to number 10 themselves. So now you're depending on nine other teams' incompetence to find that player. I mean, I'm sure there's more than 10 players that will be good in the draft, but at the end of the day, if you're looking for a particular player, you're praying nine other teams aren't going to take that player. You know, now you're looking at your board. If you're at number two, you're not looking at your board. You're looking at you're looking at your phone for who's calling you to give you a trade haul. Or That's you're looking right. at the one player you want to take because you know the Texans are taking a quarterback, more than likely, in my opinion, Bryce Young. They'd be crazy not to. I know how much Lovey Smith loves his defensive players, but to me, the GM's going to step in front of that and they're going to take a quarterback. I mean, they'd be crazy not to. So uh, to me, that's the silver lining in this. I don't see them beating the Eagles. I don't see them beating the Bills. We're getting ahead of ourselves. and we'll, Anything can happen any given Sunday. But for Bears fans that can't, you know, look at the bigger picture and get frustrated at a fan like me, I'm the biggest meatball there is. I I, I hate Aaron Rodgers. I hate yes. the Green Bay Packers. I want to beat them. But I'm playing the long game here. I've We've lost to them enough. I can lose one more time to them if it equals this opportunity. We're so close to it. Was I rooting against the uh, – not rooting against. That's probably the, a bad choice of words. But, you know, I wanted the Bears to beat the Lions. I wanted them to beat the Dolphins. I wanted them to beat the Falcons. I've changed kind of my perception as we're getting closer mm-hmm. to the finish line. So – now that we're almost there, screw it. It's a Band-Aid rip. It doesn't feel great right now, but I promise you come April, it could be something that sets our franchise up for years to come. I can't emphasize that enough, and I I will continue to emphasize it no matter how nauseating the conversation gets, and, and we'll see how it plays out. I want a montage of just your progression over like the last six weeks on this show of like, we have to win. I want to win to like, (laughs) you know what? It's okay. We lost to the Packers. I hate Aaron Rodgers, but I understand it for the future because it has been an interesting turnaround that I've been watching here. And I think just like a minute video of you just slowly changing your mind as the bears continue to lose games will be a lot of fun to watch. Well, that's what fans do, right? We, we wear our heart on our sleeves and we're emotional fan is short for fanatic. And I certainly fall under that category, not acting like I'm the smartest fan out there either. You know, I mean, I just have my takes and I'm going to give them to you, whether you like them or not. But the, the other reason why through that window of the dolphins game, the lions game, the Falcons game, was we were still trying to let Justin Fields grow and develop. I am now at a point where Justin Fields doesn't have to prove anything to me. Do I want him to get the reps and get more development? Sure, as long as we're keeping his health in check. And always, as coaches and GMs, that should be the forefront of their concern every week now. It shouldn't be, no, Justin Fields needs to prove something to me this week. I just... There's nothing left for for me for him to prove because he just needs more weapons. He needs an offensive line like Jalen Hurts has. If he has time in the pocket, he's going to throw for 300 yards like some fans keep saying he can't do. He will do. He threw for 250 yards yesterday with a, a line that is patchwork. They mm-hmm. uh, Credit to them. They didn't give up a sack. 
keep that up because we need it, you know, for the last four weeks. God forbid anything happens to him that affects next season. That's for me what I'm looking at. Yeah, I want them to develop, but there are bigger, there's a bigger picture at play. And I that's where my eyes are solely focused on here this last month. Continue to develop, but let's let's hold that number two, that those four aces I want to keep in my hand going into the offseason. There you go. I, I love it. You mentioned Justin balling out despite the offensive line. You know they had been like kind of playing out their minds a bit, just knowing that Justin's playing hurt. I think that helped a lot. I wonder what he said in that pregame huddle to maybe fire them up to uh, a little bit. But you mentioned it, like we're on to the next one, and we'll see. And some of this is out of the Bears' hands, and I've been already kind of doing my homework of like who do we need to start rooting for this week. Well, we want, of course – the Texans to win. We want them to beat the Cowboys. And I don't know the likelihood of that, Greg, but that is something that we need to root for here this week. If we're trying to even have a chance and crack at that number one, I know we're not trying to get greedy, but I'm just yeah, saying I mean, te- as much as I'd love to jump the Texans, I just don't think it's possible because they have to win two games and, mm-hmm. and, and not just one, you know, they, they almost won last week. So that would have made it more interesting. But now that we're down to four games, they're at one win and we're at three. So they'd have to win two games in order for us to tie them to, to jump them. And I just don't see them winning two games, but uh, as far as these rest of these teams, any team with three wins or four wins, we're rooting for them to lose because the best thing that could happen for this team is those teams do win games. And then we enter that final week of the season, not having to worry about whether they win or lose because they won't give up, you know, where their draft spot is. Then they can do whatever the hell they want. I don't really care. I won't be as, emotionally attached to the outcome affecting our draft status, you know, going into the off season. That's how that, that's absolutely something to, to monitor. For sure. And there's just two others that are like at the top priority of games to like pay attention to the Broncos and chiefs uh, and then the Rams and the Raiders, because they're right behind the bears. And if either of them actually lose, since the bears don't play, they will each jump the bears. So the bears would move down to fourth after this week if those teams end up losing and because they have the weaker strength of schedule, which gives them a higher pick, which I don't like. I think a tougher strength of schedule makes sense to like reward that team for losing instead of like, Oh, they should be higher because they had a weaker schedule and they still lost. Like they should be punished for something like that. At least a thought I had as I was looking through the rules here today, but it is a little bit past six forty-five, which means it's time to bring on Cody to win people some money. Cody, how's it going, man? Break, Ooh. I hope he's coming in to break some Cubs news. I want a shortstop. Mm. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I'm not I'm not here to break any news, Braggs. Though right. so, I did read that John Lester has turned into a recruiter now, and he's been trying to convince Xander Bogarts that the, that the Cubs are uh, you know, a, a solid destination if, if he so chooses. So uh, that's, I love it. That's, and hopefully that's during cool. your segment, the news breaks, we will rejoice. Oh. That's that's it could happen. And it it would could be, happen. It be could be a magical happen. moment for us. Yeah. Yes, Scott. Mm-hmm. I'm a Boiler fan. Cody's an Illinois fan. And Will is an, uh, Cody's an IU or an Illinois alum. I and and Will is an IU alum. I didn't go to school. I, I like I'm not. Grew I'm, not an, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, Illinois you're not alum. an Illinois alum. No, I apologize. No, no, no. I just grew up. 
I grew up near Champaign. Okay, that's why I apologize. Thinking. Thank you for the clip. No, yeah, I wish I was. I, I I wanted to go to Illinois. I just didn't have the money or the grades. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have the grades to go to school either. So no, at least you found another place. But yeah, don't, all of don't worry. I, I found the debt here. for mine. That's all it is, right? We're all Big Ten fans here, Scott. Yeah, so yeah, make definitely. some people their money, Cody. All right, pay off so, my student loans. Let's go. <laughs> all right, I I you know. I personally, I wouldn't be putting a ton of money on this game tonight because this game, <laughs> again. No, don't say it. Like, I, I come back every Monday. I'm like, this game stinks, guys. Like this every game week. stinks. Mondays These and two Thursdays. Two teams stink. I'm like, the a the NFC South stinks. Like it, it's no yeah. fun. Uh, yeah, but I am leaning the Saints tonight, and I hate it because Andy Dalton on primetime stinks. His record on primetime stinks. But you're giving me the field goal and a hook, and this Buccaneers team is—you you can't trust either one of them, man. And uh, you know, I, maybe if it was two and a half, maybe I—I would have—I would—I would lean on the Bucks. But I—I I think the Saints are gonna can, can hang around. They've been in games. They're off. If their offense gets anything going, they can be in games. I mean, they lost thirteen to zero to the 49ers last week. I mean. They just couldn't get any offense. So they have their defense is solid for the most part. But yeah, and no, I, I don't know. I, I lean Saints just because in recent years they've played well against the Buccaneers. Tom Brady hasn't played well against the Saints. Now I know Drew Brees was on a lot of those teams. But uh, yeah, I again, I it's a soft sprinkle on this one, guys. I, it's, <laughs> I lean Saints. So I'm taking the three and a half. However, I did create a parlay um, that is a little bit more intriguing. It's not super juicy, um, but it starts with the Saints plus 10, like an alternate line, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I have the Saints plus 10, 10 and a half. Uh, and then adding on to it, I have another alternate total, total this time that's under 50 and a half. The, the regular total is like 40, 41, something like that. So I just boosted up to 50 just because I can easily see there being points in this one, even though I don't think there's going to be, but I don't think it's going over 50. So, um, yeah, under 50 and a half. And then Andy Dalton to throw an interception. And then Andy Dalton, <laughs> <laughs> Andy Dalton, 30 plus passing attempts. Do they have an odds for a pick six, or is it just an interception? Just an interception. I mean, you could throw a Tom Brady one in there too, uh, but I know, like, if there's anything, if there's anything single, if you didn't want to bet on the spread or the total, I feel like betting Andy Dalton to, to throw an interception is. is I guess then you're just tonight. betting on the the Bucks defense <laughs> to score, right? That's the pick yeah, six. yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could bet like the Buccaneers defense to score a touchdown. Which is um, plus six fifty. Yeah, which I mean, it could Andy Dalton on prime time this year. There's one game I remember because it was such a bad beat for me. It was a Thursday night game, Saints Cardinals, and I I took the Saints that night uh, to cover, and they were winning in the second quarter, go almost going into halftime with some with a lot of momentum and then Andy Dalton threw consecutive pick sixes in the <laughs> final like two minutes of the of the second quarter and the Cardinals took like a two touchdown lead into uh into half and it was a blowout by the end of the game so like it really changed the game there when that happened um so yeah that, anyway yeah so 
like I said, uh, Saints plus 10 and a half, the under 50 and a half, and then Andy Dalton throw an interception, and then Andy Dalton 30 plus passing attempts. Um, they, the Saints haven't been able to run the ball all season. Like Alvin Kamara is great, but because they have, they be, I don't know what it is, honestly, but they just cannot, they, they haven't been able to run the ball consistently. Plus, the Buccaneers run defense is solid. I, I think they're going to be forced into having to throw the ball a little bit. Um, but I think I feel like the same way about the Saints defense forcing the same thing out of the box a little bit, even though uh, Marshawn Lattimore is not going to be playing for the Saints, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. I it's, it's the, I, I don't really I don't feel great about this one. I take take my advice with a grain of salt. I I if there's one bet that I that I that I would have to pick the love from this game, it's definitely Andy Dalton to throw an interception. That not that's really about it, man. Like uh it, these both these teams have just been so inconsistent and you can see it in their records. The Buccaneers should definitely be better than what their record is, but they've I mean they lost to the Panthers earlier in the year. Like they've played down really bad. Like they haven't played well against their own division. Again, they lost to the Panthers. The only team that they played well in their division is, is the Falcons and Tom Brady's played well against the Falcons his entire career, or at least since he's been a you know with the Bucks. So, but you know it's reversed with the Saints. Like he 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 has the Buccaneers have not right. played well against the Saints since he's been there. So that's no, why those, I lean Saints. Those NFC South uh, matchups are bloodbaths. They they beat yeah. up on each other. Yeah, absolutely. So um, there is a promo on DraftKings tonight. Um, it's boosted to plus one hundred. And all it is is uh, for Mike Evans or Chris Godwin to score a touchdown. Um, it's boosted, it's from like minus one seventy five to plus one hundred. It's like just one of those uh, supposed to be easy money promos that uh, DraftKings has given you. But I do not necessarily. I still don't like it. Like it's, it was sometimes sometimes those don't hit, and I feel like that one ain't gonna hit. And I I know Lattimore ain't gonna play, I guess. But again, like. Godwin's got one touchdown on the year. I know. So if anyone's scoring that touchdown, I think it's Evans. I think Godwin's got one touchdown. I was looking at. I was looking at his numbers on my fantasy team today, or and he's got a lot of fantasy points from yards and catches, but no touchdowns. He has right. one touchdown. So um, at least from my memory. So if I'm wrong on that, let me know. But yeah, no. I if anyone scores a touchdown on that, I think it's more likely Mike Evans, which he's very solid, right? Like he's really good. So I mean, maybe he does it. Uh, maybe I look look dumb here but it i mean it is a a, a promo that's worth the dabble if like you want to you want to sprinkle ten dollars on i think the max bet is 25 bucks if you're in illinois so um yeah i mean i i think it's totally worth something i just i'm not i'm i'm good i've I'm, I'm 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 staying away i this again this game sucks i i, I don't want to bet any of it but it's one football game on a monday night i might as well look at it <laughs> you're putting a lot of confidence in nick who's desperately searching for some bets tonight uh, as i saw on twitter a few hours ago and i told him just tune in a little early before your segment and cody was yeah. you know set you straight but i appreciate like the honesty in terms yeah. of like i don't know about it but you know nick's sitting there like uh, we'll have him on in a minute and he can verify or not <laughs> but uh, i'm sure he's like I don't know. Maybe it's not the week. I, yeah. I personally, like you said, wouldn't. I have Mike Evans on one of my fantasy teams. Who's this? Is I, this he almost dog? Read, rode the bet. Is this your dog behind you on the couch? Uh, it's just the dog that we're watching right now. Let's the see. What kind of dog? What kind of dog it's is this? A, it's, a, 
it's a dachshund mix. She's okay. it's a, her name is Penny. She's a a wiener dog, in other words. I'm just um, scouting because we're <laughs> we're in the process of, of getting a new dog here. Trying to get yeah. one under the wire before Christmas, but yeah, uh, we're, yeah, having, no, we, we're getting we, too picky with it. It's uh, it's a big decision, you know. Yeah, we dog sit on the on the side to make extra cash, and her owner we've known for a year, and uh, yeah, we yeah we just. Again, he pays us to watch her dog, and all she does is do exactly what she's doing right now. Sit, lay on her couch and sleep. I like, <laughs> yeah. I like chill dogs because I got a yeah. crazy daughter, and, 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 and I can't have a crazy daughter and a crazy dog. So, oh my yeah. goodness, that would be a lot. It'd to be a lot to deal with. That, you yeah, know. but I'll tell you who I'll tell you who is rooting for the Saints today, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles. Why, chat? Because they traded down and gave the Saints their pick last year, and the Saints gave them their first-round pick this year, which is going to be in the top 10 for all you that are learning at home right now of what it means when you trade back and how that sets your franchise up for the future. Sorry. Go ahead, Cody. <laughs> Keep making people. Uh, I was just gonna. Right. I was just gonna point out uh, Benny underscore G's comment saying odds of Baker to the Niners, and I did look at that market earlier today, and I think the 49ers have the best odds to land Baker Mayfield right now. That's just crazy to me. It's almost well. like there's like a backdoor handshake deal with them because, like, what are the odds that? The Niners would need a quarterback this week now that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo goes out for season. And all of a sudden the Panthers are like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to drop Baker Mayfield, who we just brought in. Like, there's yeah. no way that the Niners didn't give some little backdoor handshake deal on this. Like, I'm, 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 I'm sniffing yeah. something out here. It's, it's like a plus, it's like plus 220, too. Like, it's not like, it wasn't like, hmm. like, you know, not like plus 500 but it's also not like minus 110 like there's a decent decent value on there right like i mean they trade for christian mccaffrey so like they're going for it yeah so you it's they're in win now mode right i don't know when trey lance is coming back but i mean yeah that's a good point i think he's out for the year but that is a good point Mm -hmm. i I think he's definitely out yeah yeah they definitely gotta they definitely gotta get a you know another quarterback However, the guy they put in there yesterday did just fine against the Dolphins, but you know, now the now the league's gonna you know do some sure. scouting. Sure. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, no, like I, I was looking minute. at that market, and we, uh, we don't ever pull up Don Burr and his. <laughs> no, it's a, I, we love Don, he's, even though he's Detroit, Detroit versus everybody. Even if he's a you know Detroit fan, nobody's perfect, you know. Yeah, and he downgraded. I mean, he's 1.0. What happened? Because he was 2.0. Oh, Could be two downs. Two mm-hmm. downs don't make it right. No, definitely, I don't think a million downs make it right, Greg. <laughs> uh, before I get out here, you know how I like yeah. to say my two cents about the Bears. Um, I just want to say that this was the weirdest week of uh, – arguably the weirdest week of being a Bears fan because I was rooting for the Bears to win but also rooting for them to lose, and it was against the Packers, and I just didn't really know how to feel. But – is was I'm actually just happy that there's a bye week, so I get a break from them this week. Yes, <laughs> that's that's where I'm at. Like I'm 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 ready to not watch them on Sunday. Um, I I need a break. Well, as long <laughs> as you just bask in the glory that we have our answer at quarterback, 
yeah. not worry about the results of the game, you'll feel much better as a Bears fan. So yeah, we all came into like, this season. We wanted our answer at quarterback. And the fact right. that they've only – they're 3-10, and 10, potentially can be 3-14 and 14 to end the year. And not only do we have our answer at quarterback, but he's potentially a superstar quarterback. The fact that we can say that in a 3-14 and 14 season is pretty crazy, and we should all actually rejoice in that fact and get ready for maybe the biggest offseason in Chicago Bears history. Yeah, that's true. Uh I guess the only reason that I'm I'm still a little just like mad that they lost is because like I can't I can't get over that stupid Aaron Rodgers post game interview like it just it yeah we all mad. we all hate I, I I can't I just can't just la 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 yeah yeah that's what I'm more torn about because I've I've been predicting that he's going to retire mm-hmm. but I don't know if do I want that to happen obviously I do because I hate him just get out of my life or stick him <laughs> off for one more year. And the Bears are gonna kick your face in, Aaron, if you do. That's like that. That is how I. That's how confident I feel about the Bears going into next season. And maybe it's unfounded because they have a lot of holes to fill. But I do feel that way. If we are this close in ten games with this roster, just imagine how many games they're gonna win next year with a few more pieces and a little more experience. Come on, it's guys. easy logic. Easy logic, Braggs. Like I mean, how like you. It's it's not like it takes a scientist to understand this. Like, yeah, you, they're when in the, games and they're the finding meatball, a way to lose games. When the meatballs are coming up with the logic, that's when it gets scary. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna yeah. call a timeout on that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you're not a meatball. I, me and Cody, were I know meatballs definitely by yeah. nature. That's that sounds like a good band, meatballs by nature. But yeah. you, you know, are are much smarter, so we won't throw you in the. You're certainly, you know, I, I definitely hard fan, but you're not a meatball. You're much I, I definitely get too high sometimes, and I get too low because coming in the year, and, and this will implement. Will Will remembers I told him this like. He will talked me into like nine Love wins. Win. Win. He talked me into it because I came into the year and I was like, this team's going to stink. I take the under on total, on total, total wins. And then, and then will, and then will had to talk and he, hey, and he talked me into it. Optimist there's no, me, yeah. there's no I know, shame. I, know. But I'm the, I can be the same way too. I mean, I did the same thing with the Cubs last year, right? You know, I thought they could win like, 80 some games and they win 74 but the, you know it was it looked significantly worse like you know at the all-star break so yeah no i get it like we all like to be optimistic but you, you have to have you you have to have the realists in there with your group of friends too so yep exactly and i, I think i learned my lesson uh this year i don't think i've ever gotten this high but it's such a long off season it was such a long mm-hmm. off season i had, had a lot of faith in the coaching to beef up this talent but sometimes even good coaching how many games were that close though that could have gone the other way and that's the other point that i want to throw out here right also like go ahead you also didn't know you also didn't know if they if they were going to trade roquan smith and and robert quinn too you know so and all these injuries you can't you can't like estimate like all those that are going to happen and yeah, no, it's I'm not even sitting here saying that that was a bad take. That was just you being optimistic. So well, I, I appreciate it. I still get I still get shit for that one off and on on Twitter in the chat. Yeah. I, I think it's mostly gentle ribbing, but it's still one where I just like sour taste in my mouth a bit that I will learn <laughs> hey, from Adam, this. Experience. Adam Hogue predicted mm-hmm. nine wins. He's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. 
been right. beat, beat writer for years and he's an expert <laughs> analysis with the bears. I'm he doesn't, he's not losing any credibility from that. You're not either. Well, preseason predictions are really, you can just take them with a grain of salt because what really matters is what's a little more trickier is the week to week, you know, predictions because you know, there's an ebb and flow to the season. There's injuries. You can't foresee. There's so many different variables that go into a year to, to what you say before the season by the end of the year, it, it has no bearing. So I would, I would take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. So well, I right. appreciate it there guys. Cody, thanks for hopping on. Enjoy the rest of your night. I'm assuming you're not going to intensely watch this game based off of how no. you've expressed it, which I agree <laughs> with you. It's a bye week Enjoy your evening dog sitting. Thanks again you're, for hopping on. You're not allowed <laughs> right, to guys. sleep until you get me a shortstop. Good night. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm fair. That's fair. With me. I'm, I'm good with that. All right, guys. I'll see you <laughs> later. All right. So before Nicholas Moriano joins us with those, you know, pearly white teeth that like blind me. Speaking of being blinded, I need to <laughs> let you know about Shady Rays. I thought that was good. They never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades. They feature world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone in every life style. The best part about Shady Rays, and I tell you this every week, but I'm going to keep hitting at home. They have the best and the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, which is lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, 10, 100, doesn't matter. You let them know. They will replace them. No questions asked. And they do a lot of good here in America fighting hunger. They donate 10 meals to fight hunger with every single order placed, and they donated over 20 million meals to date. So for our listeners, Shady Rays, they are running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHEO. For 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. That's buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades. What's up, Nick? What's going on, you guys? We're Chilling. doing good. Uh, I want to hear about you? Next Evo. Oh, yeah, Next Evo. I have that all ready to go here, Will. And, you know, real quickie, Shady Rays, I was rocking them at the tailgate. Fantastic sunglasses. Really enjoyed those, so you should definitely check them out. But I have to tell you about Next Evo. And, you know, with the holiday season here, not everything is sleigh bells and mistletoes, you guys. There's also airports, shopping malls, and, you know, those dining tables crowded with the people, some you're only glad to see maybe once a year. That happens during the holidays, too. So give yourself the ultimate gift of a stress-free holiday with Next Evo Naturals fast-absorbing CBD products. Next Evo Naturals are developed with smart sorb technology, which is clinically proven to help you your body absorb CBD four times better than regular CBD oil. I've noticed Next Evo Revive helping me when I'm dealing with muscle soreness after a workout, and that's why it's important to take it on a daily basis. And Next Evo Naturals are also scientifically formulated to deliver more CBD in a way that your body can actually use, clinically proven again to have four times better absorption. So don't settle for less. Get your supply of Next Evo Naturals Revive CBD Complex today or shop their gummies, capsules, mints, proven to absorb again four times faster than CBD oil. And you can get up to 25% off when you subscribe and spend $40 or more at nextevo.com slash recover with promo code bears. That's nextevo.com forward slash recover with promo code bears. 
Good stuff there, Nick. Welcome to the show. Jonathan's in the chat, and he just dubbed us the trifecta of all caps awesome here on the show, which, hey, I like it. That could be another fun band name if you only had like a little you know, three-person <laughs> band there. Just yeah. saying, throwing it out there, Greg. All right, so, Nick, tell us all today. I would say the, the band name for us would be Two, two Bros and an Idiot. <laughs> two Bros and a Meatball. <laughs> two Bros and a Meatball. <laughs> <laughs> I can I always know. get a good I can always get a good laugh from my self-deprecating uh jokes to myself from Nick. I know that. It's my go-to. <laughs> it oh, works. Goodness. But it's it true. Works. I mean, I can't help myself. <laughs> I love it. <sighs> love it. So how you feeling today, Nick? I know yesterday was your birthday. Happy, you know, birthday. I, I told everyone who I saw yesterday was your birthday, but I didn't tell anyone on the show. Uh, so I wanted to at least do it here uh, in this fashion, but it was great to hang out with you. First time I actually got to see you on your birthday mm-hmm. in our lifetimes. And we've been friends for over seven, six, seven, eight years now, which is yeah. nuts. It's almost a full decade. Watch out. But anyway, uh, happy birthday yet again. Glad you're on. And uh, what's up? Yeah, no, no. Thank you uh, for that. And thank you for everybody who wished me a happy birthday. But let me give you some updates, you guys, from from Hallis Hall. Um, let's start with Matt Eberflus and just kind of what he had to say. I think a big, big topic for today was how Justin played. He looked so much more improved in the passing game and just what he was able to do against that Green Bay Packers defense. But he was also asked Matt Eberflus about Justin not running as much. Really, the Bears just like the game plan that they had for the Packers. Even though they gave up over 300 yards rushing to the Eagles a week before, they just really liked how they were passing the ball. So that was an emphasis for that game for the game plan yesterday and you also saw some of those wildcat plays they did that so justin wouldn't be taking some of those hits because obviously he's more than capable uh, of taking the ball himself and running we all saw that in his 50 plus yard touchdown run which he said again crazy well he said he felt slow on that yeah. run he, he looked plenty fast to me and to everyone else who watched 20, it 21 miles an hour slow <laughs> yeah slow okay yeah all right justin make us all feel bad for how slow we are but yeah so that was part of the game plan yesterday um also on excuse me on the play calling after Nikhil Harry's deep pass, which is a great catch by Nikhil Harry and Justin Fields adjusting. It was originally a hitch route, and Nikhil Harry adjusts as he sees Fields gets out outside the pocket. The Bears offense ultimately stalled, but Matt Eberflus defended the play calling, which was which were those runs, and they didn't do much uh, afterwards. But he said, if you go back and you check out the third down run, and I have to rewatch this one and see exactly. Um, what he's talking about here, they were trying to kick out the three technique and run the trap the correct way, he said. And that's a play where Tevin Jenkins is actually pulling and it just wasn't executed correctly. He said if they did, most likely the running back gets up to the safety level and they're still maybe you know extending that drive. So um, defend the play calling. I know that was something that Bears fans looked at yesterday. Even you know we're looking at that now, some of the play calling in the second half, but he still defended uh, what Luke Getze called and Really, it's that lack of execution that he wasn't happy with. And then we also saw Alex Leatherwood a couple times throughout the game mm-hmm. and thought he played great. Um, you know, the first action out there. Um, but, you know, the, the Bears, they want to get him out there. And how, moving forward after this bye week, the plan is to kind of still keep that rotation. But based off of what Eberflus was kind of saying and how he said it, like if he keeps continuing this level of play, he's going to be someone that could be in the mix to be the the right tackle over Riley Reef, but for right now, 
it is him in that rotation um, for for now. Again, I think he got maybe 10 snaps in that game. It just so happened that all the the, the drives that he was in, the Bears had those deep passing plays or the, yep. you know, the big plays downfield. So he wasn't actually able to stay out there as long as maybe the Bears anticipated. But I'm sure they're not going to pass up taking explosive plays in the passing game when it happens. But um, that's that was his thoughts on um, Alex Leatherwood. Do you like the quick... do you like the rotations? I mean, I, to me, it's like if a guy is ready to play. We saw this with Lucas Patrick, Tevin Jenkins. Mm-hmm. You know, is it is there something to be said about that war of attrition, letting the one guy get after it? And, and like, I understand they're trying to work him into the offense, so I can accept it for one game. But man, I'd really love to see Leatherwood get the lion's share. Uh, if not the all the reps the last four weeks, if he is ready to play, because then that war of attrition as the game goes on, because I'm sure there's an, like a punch counter punch as an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. how you're playing the guy across from you. And if you keep coming in and out, you know, you're, you're kind of resetting all of that. Like where do you stand with this rotation concept that Luke Getzey and Eberflus seem to love? Let me jump Great. in here real quick, Nick. Yeah. And then I'll let you kind of take over because I'm going to set you up here for a home run. So I don't mind the rotation right now. Greg, you made a lot of great points to like why it's not ideal. And obviously any set situation, you want a starting five and that's that. But with what Nick uncovered yesterday about Leatherwood and the mono and coming back from the mono and having to gain a lot of weight back, losing muscle due to having, you know, being ill. Uh, I think that's a big reason why he needs to kind of be eased into this thing here. I don't think it's as much as getting used to the offense. I think his body just needs to be used to being out there playing professional football again after kind of going through that. And how they talked about it today and what Nick was mentioning, at least to me, seemed like the door's wide open that by the end of the year, he could be like the right tackle, like the guy. Kind of like what we saw earlier with Tevin Jenkins and Patrick. I think it's just going to take like a game or two. Uh, and then potentially if he shows up uh, enough, he can take over the job. And of course, Jenkins got it due to injury and people having to kind of get flexed around after Cody White here. Uh, but regardless, what we saw in Tevin Jenkins this season proves he's going to earn that spot. It's just a matter of time. No, that's a good point, Will. And I do agree, like, Greg, what you were saying, like, I think every single play you're you're out there as an offensive line, you're gathering intel on how this other player opposite of you is going to play you know, your pass set. So he does lose an opportunity to to kind of gain that intel to see how the other guy is playing opposite of him. But with him, like what he said yesterday in postgame in the, in the locker room, like losing 20, 20 to 25 pounds and having to kind of just regain uh, just being in football shape, it took, I think it just took a lot on him being in a new area to a new environment. But I, I'm, I'm okay with this for now. But, you know, after this bye week, and knowing that you have only have four games left and you have a young guy like that, obviously very talented, has not lived up to the expectations of that first-round talent as of yet, why not? I want to see more Alex Leatherwood than I want to see Riley Reed. Right. I think that, you know, everybody This is their it, opportunity so. to find out about guys. I mean, you, the, the one thing that I'll always defend them on when it comes to not playing, like, backups that you haven't found out about earlier in the year, too, is – you don't want to risk Justin Fields development in sake of that. So like, Mm -hmm. because, you know, bringing in guys that haven't played, there's an unknown there. And if they're not, you know, having cohesion with the rest of their line or whatever position you want to say, especially on offense, you start rotating guys in that, that can throw off Justin Fields rhythm in chemistry and his development 
is to me no priority number one. So I'm sure there's some of that calculus behind it. But yes, now that we're you know rounding third and we're in the home stretch of the season, you got you brought him here. He's a top ta- top first round pick talent, you know, and Keel Harry, same thing. First mm-hmm. round pick talent. You traded him. You got to find out what you have in these guys before you go into next year. And, you know, to me, if you can play him for the full four games and let's say it's a big positive, you might be able to go into next season with another box checked as far as <laughs> so many holes they have to fill. If you're Ryan Poles, I don't think he's going to win the starting right tackle job in four games, but at the same time, he could set himself up to be the the leader in the clubhouse unless something changes drastically in the off season. So I, I, I see a big opportunity here these last four weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I think you just want to know again, ballpark, what you're dealing with, what you got, right. And you can, you can get a, a somewhat of an evaluation in the last four games, especially if he's getting a majority of those snaps. So I agree with you there, Greg, um, real quickly, Iberflus also was asked about, you know, Cairo Santos missing two kicks, a field goal, and then obviously that one got blocked, and then the extra point. He said the operation looked good. It really is just on Cairo Santos on on executing and making those kicks. I have an article up on LCHGO where don't feel don't don't give up on Cairo Santos just yet. Kickers do go in slumps, so definitely go check that out. We also got an opportunity, guys, to hear from David Montgomery, Equinemius St. Brown, and also Jalen Johnson. Real quickly, the the highlight the uh, snippets from those guys. Uh, Montgomery, even though the Bears had a season-high 409 yards of total offense, wasn't all too impressed with it um, when he was asked about it today. Ultimately said the offense still needs to be better. They didn't win the game. And he highlights all the mental errors that happened. Like, there weren't any penalties, you guys, in the whole first half. And then both teams come out on their opening drives, and there's penalties starting to happen. And the Bears are, you know, one of those teams that were penalized offensively. So, um, Montgomery highlighted those as being, you know, the blemish on what was a good total offense performance. They would like to score more points, obviously, but still want to see more from that. And then he is going to get away uh, on the bye weekend and kind of get away from football for two days, go back. He's actually also going to visit his nephew, who was just diagnosed with leukemia last week, seven years old. So uh, prayers go out to, um, you know, mm-hmm. David Montgomery's nephew and everything that, you know, he's dealing with, but he's definitely going to make time to get away from football and really focus on the things that, that matter. And especially during this bye week, it's, it's a good opportunity for, to do that and just be with family. Um, and then Jalen Johnson, he was asked, uh, you know, just about Rogers comments in his post game. I don't know if Bears fans saw this, but called, uh, Jalen Johnson, a premier player. And what Johnson said to those comments, it just kind of validates what he's already believed in himself and feels like that, you know, that premier player doesn't get thrown around all too lightly. So to hear a guy like Aaron Rodgers say it, you know, again, just validates how he thinks he's been playing. But he was also asked if he thinks he's had like a Pro Bowl season and ultimately he said no. And he, but here's his explanation for it. He's like a Pro Bowl is from popularity and popularity comes from making highlight plays and he, he does feel like he's a pro bowl player but he hasn't necessarily met those accolades right and you know jalen johnson usually doesn't get too many opportunities throughout a game that was what i was gonna being, say yeah the beginning of be the year wasn't the stat that was going around that he hadn't been targeted mm-hmm. in like the first three or four games before the injuries or whatever started to happen but he had a good run where they weren't even throwing his way to your point 
Yeah, absolutely. So he he does he do, again he doesn't think he's had a Pro Bowl season, but knows that a lot more goes into being a Pro Bowler than actually being a good player. Is how he kind of you know put it. We also got to hear from St. Brown, and this is pretty brief, but real quickly on the interception, the the one that obviously feels is targeting to him, and I'm sure. We've all looked at this. He didn't run this. out of the building today? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. He was there. But, okay, he credits Jair Alexander on making a good play on the curl route. They He was saying, like, the Green Bay corners, they, they, they squat on a lot of their – on a lot of routes. And, you know, that's why he was able to actually beat Jair Alexander deep for the 50-plus yard because mm-hmm. they like to sit on those routes. On that one, just made a great play. Um, and, obviously, Justin said – he would like to see the receiver come back to the ball. Eberflus said that post game, but really he credited Jair Alexander. Uh, and just again, that's how the corners in Green Bay play. They sit on those routes. He right. made a good play, just diving or you know breaking on on the the route, and was able to pick off Justin Fields there. Yep. And I find that whole situation interesting because the head coach and the quarterback both called him out separately right after the post game. And this morning I was listening to Tom Thayer on 670 and I respect his mm-hmm. opinion a lot. He was saying that, you know, what he didn't agree with Fields calling him out. And then he also said that it, the throw is also on Fields too, because, you know, Alexander is sitting on it and his, his eyes are on the quarterback and Justin should have seen that and not throwing the ball. And, but the coaches and, and the quarterback are putting it on the receiver. And so it's like, yeah, I like I said, I also respect Thayer's opinion. Obviously, the coaches are seeing something different. So I just feel like maybe both things can be true in this situation because mm-hmm. he certainly should have at least fought back and tried to knock the ball mm-hmm. down at the very least. See, when I play Madden and I throw routes like that, <laughs> if I don't switch to the receiver to like come up a yard, like it's going to get picked every single time. <laughs> exactly. And I've learned that over the last few years. I think, you know, I also very much respect Tom Thayer, and I think he made a really good point there. My guess, Greg, is that throughout the week and practice and the game plan, and they know this, it was just something that they preached over and over again, like coming back to the football because of how aggressive those Green Bay corners are. And, tr- and Justin was trusting EQ to do that. Trust throw was the big term that kept coming up there yesterday. And so I think that was just a coaching emphasis that wasn't adhered to. And that's why we're here having a little bit of that, uh, you know, the calling out of it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, right, they say every interception has its own story. You got to hear both sides of it. I think, you know, even with that one, there's a little bit that can maybe the ball placement wasn't where exactly it needed to be. EQ should have not chopped his feet the entire time saying, hey, Jair, this is exactly what I'm running. (laughs) So you could come up and jump this route. But, yeah, it is unfortunate. I'm actually working on an article, too. Like this, again, another opportunity, a fourth quarter where the Bears could have made possibly come back and, and won the game. They didn't. How much of that really is on Justin Fields? And working on that, and that'll be out later in the week. So we can uh, definitely dive in and check that out. That sounds right up my alley. I can't wait to read that. Really good stuff. Thanks for sharing some updates from Hallis today. Up next, I want to give you guys a couple of fun stats that I found about Justin Fields. Love the Legos. It's not built yet. I'm disappointed. And on, on top of that, uh, I want to just kind of discuss what we think the bears can and should work on throughout the bye week. So real quickly, before we get to those, Greg, I'm going to kick it over to you. Shy town. You know, know, things that I've been working on lately is my, my bags throwing game, my cornhole game 
you know, I, I got to a chance to throw some bags, cornhole, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, uh, at the tailgate, I actually pulled off the dub. So I was really proud of myself. And we were playing on Chi-Town Custom Cornhole Boards, the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland in Illinois since 2007. Their signature box style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Their cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders, recessed in on the back, LEDs that light up the hole, and exterior handles for easy carrying, and handcrafted scorekeepers. They're veteran-owned and operated. They can ship anywhere and offer local pickups. Specializing in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event, wedding gifts, and gifts for all occasions, especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues. Christmas season is just a couple weeks away. Make sure you get in on Chi-Town custom cornhole boards for your good friend or family member. So go check out their website, chitowncornhole.com and make sure to follow them on Instagram at Chi-Town Custom Cornhole Boards. Good stuff there, Greg. Thank you so much. Now, of course, you know that we're powered and also partnered with DraftKings, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And they are my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Why? So many reasons. I love the same game. Parlays, easy and fast payouts, the player props, although they haven't been touching the Bears games for Nick and I on our Thursday episodes, but I digress. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. So check this out right now. Everyone can earn up to 100 percent boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays go to DraftKings sportsbook app place a same game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win some player props point totals and more Cody gave you you know his earlier here this evening and the more legs you add the bigger the boost and the bigger your shot to win big of course I love the app Super easy, and I always just comb it for college basketball games on top of you know the slate of NFL games, and I know Nick was even looking around for some bets for tonight's game earlier today, all on the DraftKings app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use code CHGO, place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. I mean, that's enough money to bet for the rest of the football season uh, if you play your cards right. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, guys. So after the game yesterday, I wrote an article, like a column. It's kind of like a hybrid article column on Justin Fields and what I saw out of him yesterday. I tweeted some of the stats this morning. And I kept a few for this show. I just wanted to kind of gauge your thoughts. on. And this isn't a game. This isn't anything crazy. I just want to share more things I noticed when I was looking at the stat sheet, some trends, and maybe your guys' thoughts about what it means from like Fields' development, his growth, and what it just says to you. Because it says a lot good to me. So first of all, we saw that Justin Fields really kind of spread the wealth, right? He hit six different receivers yesterday, but he didn't miss more than one pass to each. So it wasn't like one guy he kept going to and he kept missing on multiple throws. Only one completion to each of his targets. Uh, Brown was three of four. Harry, one of one. Claypool, five of six. Pettis, one of two. And David Montgomery, four of five. And again, for not having... Uh, on top, Let's see. Oh, and Cole Komet, six of seven. So just want to throw that out there. Like No matter where he went... 
he was finding someone consistently again hit 80 percent of his throws a career high for his season or for his starts throughout his career so for me guys this screams making the right decision but also making some good throws too would you agree yeah i mean i i think he had the second had the i think he had the highest qbr on sunday and that was with the two interceptions so it just goes to show you you know where his you know um level of play is you know to the fact that he can you know continue to develop with you know lack thereof talent around him is a credit to him so you know i you know, i think it's great and and you have to give the coaching staff some credit i know they Luke Getzey definitely did not have his best day, but at the same time, they only had the one run, you know, that Justin just took off and scored a touchdown. That's great. But aside from that, in the second half, they didn't run them a lot. They're doing wildcat to keep, you know, you know, trying to implement different plays to keep him out of harm's way. So this idea for me that we need to have his health as top priority, if you're the coaching staff, they're showing that. And then also starting to put him behind the pocket and let him develop from there. So I like what I've seen. It's definitely a step in the right direction and a, a good sign for where this could go here after the bye in the final four games of the season. And to go back really quickly to, you know, what you just saw, your stat there, Will, the one sequence where Justin did miss a throw to Claypool, it was a short, quick pass where mm-hmm. it was just out of his reach. The next two plays were passes to Claypool. So he went right back to him, was able to connect. And then on, obviously, the one where he fumbled it downfield, still made the catch. But it kind of just shows you that even if you do not, like, again, that was just a miscommunication between those two, bad throw, maybe Claypool's not in the right spot, whatever it may be, he went right back to him. So I do I do appreciate that about Justin, where it's like, he's not going to, you're not going to be cut out of a play in his eyes just because you didn't execute a play, even if it was his fault, whatever it may be, he'll go back to you, which I do appreciate that about Justin Fields and his growth in the overall passing game. And the fact that there was a 36-minute stretch of game time, not like real lifetime, but game time, that he did not have an incompletion. 36 minutes in the game, he did not have an incompletion from about 9.45 in the second quarter all the way until 3.33 remained in the game. That's a long time, a long stretch. And it just shows you where his expectation level has grown from Mm -hmm. the start of the season where we're like, let's just get a touchdown here, please. To now, if he makes one mistake, that's the thing we're nitpicking. You know, the Lions, when he threw the interception. Well, in the the three games prior, he had seven touchdowns. That was his first interception. And people were like, you can't do that. You can't throw that pick. Well, no kidding. But that's where he's raised his expectation level. He's doing everything, and now the one mistake is the thing we're going to highlight, like the short pass to Chase Claypool. Yeah, it got away from him. As you mentioned, he mm-hmm. turned around and went right back to him. So that, that to me, is huge progress and a step in the right direction and a sign of things to come, in my opinion. Absolutely. And real quickly, too, I appreciated – Fields' ability to be clutch uh, on third down. And I had that feeling when we were watching the game, Nick, like he was pretty money on third down. And when I was re-watching this morning as kind of tracking some of these throws, that was a very fair assessment. He hit on his first four third downs face in which he threw the football. He was uh, four of four on those third downs for 63 yards, and he moved the chains on three of four of those. The only one he didn't was 
uh, third and goal from the 24. Like it's a hard one to really convert. But other than that, uh, he hit Komet when he only needed five. They ended up gaining 10. He hit Claypool when they only needed five. They got 15. Later on, they had a third and 10. Yeah, he he found Cole Komet again for a gain of 24. It just shows that continued growth in that third down, which earlier in the season, heck, most of my life as a Bears fan, third down on offense has been a death sentence. But for Justin Fields, for him to step up how he did as a you know a thrower on that money down yesterday, I think was a, just another big encouraging sign for him. No, absolutely. I mean, just there's so many different things we can look in that game that you like as just from a passing standpoint. The ability to just stay in the pocket, some of the plays. The deep ball to Equinemius St. Brown, they run a, a twist right at the very end, and Fields gets hit on, on the play. But the ball is so freaking accurate. It was beautiful uh, how Eberflus called it today. Right, It's like if Fields just handed the ball off to Equinemius. That's how good a placement mm. it was. But so many good things to take from you know that that Packers game, even in the loss as a passer, and that's that's what you wanted to kind of see too. We we know Justin Fields can run. He can run better than anybody. But and that's the area too that we just wanted to see more of to validate how special a player he is. And you know you definitely saw a lot of good things against the Packers. Wow, Greg didn't have anything to jump in on, man. I'm speechless. Mark it down. <laughs> On the calendar. Seriously. 103 25 uh, in this episode. Greg didn't and, and talk. 12 5 22. <laughs> a minute. He. <laughs> wow. Okay. I look, I look down too. I'm just like, uh, just expecting yeah. just words. <laughs> nope. You nailed it. You nailed it. That's great. See, so as we're talking about Justin being clutched on third down, Nick was clutched there and hit the point so well. Greg didn't have anything to add, good or bad, which I think is a testament. So really good stuff there, Greg and and Nick. All right, so real quickly, before we kind of we end this thing, Nick, you didn't build your Lego set. I know you popped it on the screen. Uh, I unfortunately did not. This was a birthday gift from Will, so thank you so much, Will. I get to uh, Thanos, the glove, or actually this is the one that Iron Man made. Sorry, so but it's got the Infinity Stones. But this is probably going to take me the whole bye week. So uh, yeah, once it's done, it'll be in the background there for for all to see. If you get that done in the bye week, I am just gonna just I don't know. Maybe I'll just pull it. Probably Greg I won't. I, I probably will. Yes, yeah, because it's like over 600 pieces. It has on the box 18 plus. That thing has to be tough as nails to actually accomplish. So I'm looking forward Eight, to the progress. 675 pieces. Yeah, this is this is going to be a tough. This is going to be tough. And I then like I that. also got him a candle, Greg, if you wanted to know, because that's best friends give each other candles. But I just love the saying on it. It said, uh, you're the best thing I found on the Internet, because that's how I met Nick on YouTube <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> Uh, those, the, I think maybe those candles are normally uh, for mm-hmm. a special someone. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> when the shoe fits. What was what was the aroma? What was the we, it's a like, manly one? <laughs> yeah, we, we I, I have not lit it yet, so uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> hmm, is this lavender? No, all right, all right. Yeah. So let's uh let's wrap this thing up by just looking at this bye week ahead and if there's a specific player that you want to give like some coaching to or maybe just a general theme that you think the bears can work on together obviously the buzzwords are easy right execution 
finishing games. Like we've heard it all year. To me, it's almost like a broken record at this point. But I know I put some names in our like our little shared notes of like Gibson, Sanborn, Domrob, Claypool, Jones, Montgomery, Fields. But really, I mean, we already ran a little long, and on top of that. I don't know how many of these guys like I can pinpoint like one thing or the other. So maybe you have a general coaching point you want to hit. But the premise of the episode and the headline, so I want to make sure we adhere to our promises. What do the Bears need to get better at during the bye? And I think for them, just first of all, having a week off and a break is probably a good thing. They've been going at it since the last week of July nonstop. This is literally their first week off since then, besides like the one mini bye between like the end of preseason and a regular season. I'm not the actual mini buy that we always point to of the turning point for Justin Fields. Uh, but still, like, is there anything that you want the Bears or do you think they can get better at over the bye week? Obviously, for me, we talked about Alex Leatherwood just continuing to get back into that game shape would be one for him. Like, don't take this week off too easy. Uh, continue to keep working out and being, you know, some high physical activity because I think as I talked about earlier, just getting more into game shape would really help him be a bigger part of that rotation and ending up eventually becoming a starting right tackle before the season's over, which would be tremendous heading into the offseason. Not that you would guarantee him a roster, uh, starting job next year, but at least you feel good. Like, okay, we, we claimed him for a reason, and uh, you can at least move forward from there. But I'll open up the floor. Do you guys have any coaching points at this bye week? I think for me, like I've been pretty disappointed with Travis Gibson this season, you guys. Um, somebody that I thought would make the most of his opportunity with with Robert Quinn gone and Alquini Muhammad never uh, becoming the player that I think Eberflus envisioned, bringing him back from Indy to, to Chicago. But for him, like he just needs to start winning those one-on-ones. He's getting the opportunities, you guys. Like he, he really is. It does, and it doesn't matter what side he's playing on or what who the tackle is whether it's a backup or not. And I know, Will, like in a bunch of our preview shows, I'm like, this is the lineman that Travis Gibson can win against. Yeah. And it just hasn't happened. And his last sacks were in the week two uh, game against the Green Bay Packers. And that's the only sacks he's had in the season. So it's not even a coaching point, but what I really want to see is just him in learning, I guess, different moves to get to the, you know, opposing quarterbacks. And he, he was telling me in the locker room, you know, it takes a, it, there's a lot of variables that go into getting a sack. Everyone needs to execute, but still you probably just need to also just win those one-on-ones when you have that opportunity. So for me, I just want to see in these last four games, can he make the most of this opportunity? He's going to have a hell of some quarterbacks to try and get a sack on Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. But man, if you can do it there, I think that that holds some weight, but I really want to see if Tra- Travis Gibson can capitalize on these final four games after the bye week. You got to hope that's frustrating because of the jump he took last year, knowing Mm -hmm. that Ibraflus is someone that historically can get good production out of quote, lesser talented guys, not premier household names in this league. And unfortunately for Gibson, unfortunately for Alquidin Muhammad, like it just has not happened for either of those guys. And heading into the season, we talked like, do both of them equal one good starter? And the consensus was yes. Like entering the season, like, yeah, like both of them sharing like a, the role on one side when we had Robert Quinn on the other, no problem. That didn't turn out to be the case. And then you trade Robert and then you have both of them out there in a full-time role and it, it has not mm-hmm. been good really whatsoever. I don't, I don't even have words. It's been so bad. I don't want to try. I'm trying to be like not super crude uh, about it. What about you, Greg? Put on that coaching hat. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I've lost hope for the pass rush. I mean, it is disappointing mm-hmm. for Travis. 
I've kind of been like all aboard the excuse train when it comes to that because I almost I just feel like like it's a domino effect. None of them have help for each other. So Correct. anybody that does have potential, you know, it makes it even harder when there is no real threat across the line with them. But at the same time, when you bring up the one-on-ones that he's not taking advantage of, I mean, when you're on the outside like that, unless you're getting chipped, you don't have that excuse. You at some point the rubber's got to meet the road and you got to, you know, not lay out, lean on the excuses and get the job done and get to the quarterback at least once, you know, since week two. <laughs> I mean, at some point the accountability still falls on you. You mentioned, you know, Jack Sanborn on your list. Like I know some people would say coverage, but again, the excuse train, they don't have a pass rush. So if you expect Jack Sanborn to be great in coverage, when quarterbacks have all the time in the world to find, you know, receivers going across the middle, linebackers can only hold with a, you know, wide receiver or tight end for so long. So like, I don't, you know, I don't want to be too hard on his coverage. He had an interception to win the game that the refs called back at one point. David Montgomery has nothing to work on. He is exactly who he is and he's very good at what he does, even though I give him a lot of shit when I'm talking with Adam about David Montgomery. (laughs) I like David. I'm not just joking around. I miss Khalil Herbert, but I like David. So um, the guy that I just want to see continue to develop, the thing that I think is most important is the guy you spent a second round pick on and that's chase Claypool. I mean, he, that development with Justin Fields is crucial. I want to continue to see that evolve. Now they're letting Justin throw more. They're protecting his legs and his shoulder by keeping him in the pocket. No sack. Shout out to the offensive line for that. That's Mm -hmm. huge. May that please continue here as the last four games, you know, come to a close, but that is what I need to see is, Chase Claypool continue to evolve as high as that can go. Give him some damn red zone targets. You know, that's what he is known for. He's a big body with great hands. You know, I, I, I think they haven't tapped into that enough. I know they need more opportunities in the red zone, but they had their fair share yesterday and they didn't dial those up, you know? So I want to see that chemistry and that relationship between him and Justin Fields get, you know, sped up before we get to the off season. And then they have the whole off season to work together, learn the system in its entirety together as a unit, as a wide receiver group and everything else that goes into that. And I'm sure they're going to look great next year, you know, when they have all that time, but this is the time to take advantage of that. So Chase Claypool is definitely my answer. Kurt Gulledge, who's a you know, real loyal supporter of what we do here at CHGO bears. He took the words right out of my mouth in the chat and I cannot agree more chase claypool love it good stuff there guys i really appreciate you know the time the effort and the thoughts there the only other thing i wanted to add and i was going back through like my fields notes as i was crawling back up to the tailgate notes because i want to make sure i hit on that one final time is like we talked about uh, spreading the wealth and the third down throws the one thing i haven't at least heard today at least myself is like the fact that he played within the offense, like the scheduling of a play, like he was on time, he was within a rhythm. And that's something which, you know, for him with the offensive line that he's had to play behind, getting all these new targets to kind of work with, like that timey thing, it, it takes a little bit to kind of get down pat. And for him to come back after a week off to play his most complete game passing, and a lot of that being due to playing within the offense, being on schedule, and just having that good chemistry with the receivers, which means throwing that ball on time. I, again, just an extra positive that I figured, why not end the show with? Because it's a bye week. It's a long week. 
And I wanted to end it on a positive with Justin because that's just the best thing you can possibly do. Don't go wrong there, Will. And you brought up Madden. Matt Eberflus can spend the bye week playing Madden so he can learn some timeout management. Because mm. <laughs> that's what I learned from Madden was quality timeout management. There's never a scenario I don't understand how to use the timeouts correctly to save myself time at the end of the game. And and if he just played a week of Madden, I think it would go a long way in <laughs> learning a little better with his time. He's had it a little bit of rocky games here when it comes to that, but I know he's still growing as a head coach and making those end of game decisions. I can see him right now, like making his own custom player and like maxing him out <laughs> and then just like going in God mode and like catching a pass and like bowling over guys and going down like the flu is loose. And no. then they're like running down. <laughs> he has that guy. His name is Justin Fields. So he, he already he's already he has that create a player. <laughs> <laughs> you max out to the hundreds with Justin, but no, I, you know, it's like I said, I think it's all an evaluation period and um, things that they can take from the failures that they take from this season are going to make them better going forward. But I hope Matt Eberflus is self analyzing what he's doing. Yeah. Self scouting. Mm-hmm. You got it, Nick. That's if what the, I want. If see. the mini buy was any indication that should True. be the case with this coaching staff, uh, I will have a lot of hope. Uh, that's exactly the case, but I'm going to call that an episode here, guys. I want to thank you again for your time. Nick and I will be back on Thursday together. Obviously no game to preview. So it's going to be like an old school Chicago audible bi-week special, which means we don't know exactly what that entails yet, but we're going to know by Thursday, it's going to be a lot of fun. So hope you'll join us then real quick before I go. So want to make sure you do know that we have that tailgate coming up on December 18th before the bears take on the Eagles. You can go throw a, you know, you know, play some catch with Nick with his rocket arm that he was on full display there yesterday, just threading the needle. Depending, it doesn't matter who he was throwing to. He was building immediate <laughs> chemistry too. So yeah, the link is in our description below. All you can eat, all you can drink, get to hang out with us before the bears take on the Eagles. We would love to see you there, but thanks for, hanging out with us here on this bi-week Monday night, and we'll all see you soon. But until then, bear down, Chicago.